Good morning, everyone. Welcome to my podcast. My name is Pastor Edwin. Welcome to TR4 Disciple Ministries. Thank you. So UCN group, what's up? God bless you, brothers and sisters. God bless you. Have a hope you're having a glorious day in the name of Jesus. Here I have a devotion for you, starting in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 7. We're talking about Jesus and the new covenant and why he did the things he did. Please, I hope you guys are following along with OSL uh, Faith Builders. And continuing on your studies this way, all these things that we talk about come into the openness according to how the Holy Spirit wants you to see it. Listen to verse 7 in chapter 8 of Hebrews. It says, For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of of Judah. You see that? You see what we're talking about there? Well, here we're going to read out of um chapter 9 real quick, but it, it talks about how the earthly sanctuary and the heavenly sanctuary. And one of those things indeed it says here in chapter 9 verse 1, then indeed even the first covenant had ordinances of divine service and the earthly sanctuary for the tabernacle was prepared. The first part in which was the lampstand, the table, and the showbread, which is called a sanctuary. And behind the second veil, the part of the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant, overlaid on all sides with gold, in which were the golden pot that had the manna, Aaron's rod that budded, and the tablets of the covenant. And above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. Of these things we cannot now speak in detail. The author emphasizes the superiority of the new covenant that Christ established. A covenant is a special agreement that God makes with his people. It is a divinely created relational bond through which God reveals himself and administers his kingdom program. Through his covenants, God exercises his kingdom rule on earth and blesses his people. The old covenant made with the people of Israel was good, but it was also temporary. It was weak because God had something better in store. If the first covenant had been faultless, we wouldn't have needed a second one. Here the author quotes from Jeremiah 31 31 through 34, to support his argument through the prophet Jeremiah, God had explained that the law wasn't able to change a heart. See? Under the new covenant, however, he promised to put his laws into their minds and write them on their hearts. This is where a lot of churches are doing this, and they're called legalistic, that they still want to keep trying to uphold that law. And here, you see that God had explained that the law wasn't able to change a heart. And you got to see, you got to see, uh, 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 Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34 to support that argument. Under the new covenant, he says, however, that be promised, he promised to put his laws into their minds and write them on their hearts. When you became a Christian, you received a new heart and mind. You were born again, but like an infant's, just like infants, your new heart and mind are undeveloped. There's a lot of growth needed. Nevertheless, you're received, you've received a new spiritual radar, a new ability to perceive spiritual things. You now have the capacity to experience God and obey Him. But while every Christian, while every Christian has this ability, not every Christian has developed it. 
Okay? Through Jesus Christ, God has established this new covenant. Therefore, the old covenant is obsolete. The radar, the readers of Hebrews no longer needed to jump through the hoops of the old system and regulations because at the heart of the new covenant in this promise, I will never again remember their sins. It's an unspeakable joy to know that the sins you've committed are forgiven. But God's promise doesn't stop there. Through Christ, tomorrow's sins are wiped away too. Everything you have done, past, present, and future, is covered by the cross. And if you really understand the greatness of that grace, you'll be motivated to live to please the one who saved you. You will transfer from a, a have-to life to a thank-you life, leaving you free to experience and, and enjoy the power and privilege of your relationship with God. See? Now, here in chapter 9, it says here that, uh, um, of Hebrews chapter 9, then indeed, even the first covenant had ordinances of divine service and earthly sanctuary. You see that? But, in verse 11, jump over to verse 11, but Christ came as, high, as a high priest of the good things to come. With the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats of calves, but his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. My brothers and sisters, serve well. Be the light. In the name of Jesus, I'll catch you on the rebound.